0: Welcome to the Finding True Health Podcast. Are you ready to reject diet culture without rejecting your health? Do you want to feel a sense of peace around food and your body while also creating habits that will help you feel your best each day? Hey, I'm Jenna, a registered dietitian, a committed follower of Jesus Christ, and a middle-aged mom. Not long ago, I felt like I was at war with my body. I believed I needed to reach some arbitrary goal weight to be healthy and happy. But one day God helped me realize that I was focused on the wrong thing, so I began to treat my body with the love and respect it deserves, through both my thoughts and my actions. And that new focus has made all of the difference. Now I love helping other women find true help for themselves, so they can enjoy more energy, better moods, and greater peace in their own lives. I'm excited to get started, so let's dive in. Hey friends, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you for joining me. I want to give you one final reminder that there's only three days left to register for my food and body confidence program. I do have a few more spots open. Doors close at midnight this Saturday, September 16th, and then the program starts next Monday on September 18th. So In case you haven't listened to the last couple of podcast episodes and you don't know what I'm talking about, (laughs) um, Food and Body Confidence is a nine-week program. It's designed to help you get, surprise, surprise, more food and body confidence, hence the name. And it's also going to help you create a life full of healthy habits that you actually enjoy and that are sustainable and that are going to help you feel great. Um, Along with my Health Through Habits online course, you're going to be getting personalized care from me to help you along your journey. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, go to JennaWaite.com slash programs and look over the details and you can sign up there. Okay, let's talk about the body positivity movement that actually began clear back in the 1960s. I believe it was the 1960s and it was rooted in fat activism But it's really grown over the past couple of decades, mostly thanks to social media. I had a conversation recently with a gal who's been struggling with her body image. About 10 years ago, she had gotten some plastic surgery. She got a tummy tuck and a breast augmentation, and she finally had what she felt like was the body of her dreams. She's also really been into fashion and into makeup, and she tended to spend lots of time and money on her appearance. How she looked was really, really important to her. And so after her surgery, she was feeling great. She got lots of attention from boys and compliments on her body, and she was feeling pretty good about herself and her body. But over the past five years or so, she's gained quite a bit of weight. She feels like she doesn't have that ideal body that she once had, and she doesn't have that confidence and love for her body that she did before. And it doesn't help that for a while, her husband was really pressuring her to lose weight and to get back to that body. So she tried a few diet plans, but couldn't stick with any of them. And she thankfully decided that she was done with dieting, done going through the weight cycling and all of that. So she's been trying to be more body positive and to change her thoughts about her body. And the other day when we were talking, she said something to the effect of, I just keep trying to remind myself that everybody is beautiful. And I could tell that sometimes she could convince herself of that and that it helped her feel better, but other times she just couldn't get into that mindset. And that conversation reminded me of why I'm really grateful for the body positivity movement, but also why I'm a little bit concerned about it as well. First, let's talk about why I love body positivity. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I'm a huge fan of helping women of all shapes and sizes feel more beautiful and more positively towards their body. That perception of your body trickles down into so many other areas of your life. And I'm also all for challenging, traditional, narrow beauty standards that really tend to be completely unrealistic for the majority of women. And that really is exactly what the body positivity movement tries to do. It challenges these underlying beliefs, these messages that we've been taught from childhood. I also love that it promotes acceptance of all body shapes and sizes and skin tones, and it encourages us to appreciate our differences instead of resisting them and trying to change ourselves so that we all look the same. And I really believe that this movement has done a lot of good. In fact, studies show that women who follow body positive social media accounts tend to have better moods, they have greater body satisfaction, they have really better overall emotional well-being. Body positivity also tries to help build our resilience, build our confidence in ourselves, which of course is wonderful. But... Unfortunately, there are also a couple of downsides, and body positivity doesn't necessarily quote work for everyone, and I have noticed a few kind of concerning aspects of the movement, and so I don't want the movement to go away by any means, but I do think that it could use maybe a little bit of tweaking and shifting to help get rid of some of these issues, and I'm not alone in having some concerns about the body positivity movement, Lindsay and Lexi Kite, who wrote the book, More Than a Body, who I talk about a lot in this podcast, they share a few of their concerns in their book. There's a dietitian named Susan McQuillan, who wrote a really great article on Psychology Today that echoes some of the concerns that I've had as well. In fact, Susan says, what began as a seemingly important and altruistic social movement to help people, women in particular, love the skin they're in and accept themselves regardless of what they look like and regardless of any stigma surrounding their appearance has been showing its downsides. And so, I want to go through a couple of these downsides that I've seen, that others have seen, and let you know what it is that concerns us about body positivity. I've pinpointed four main ways that I believe that this movement has the potential to be toxic in some ways. The first Concern that I and others have is that it's still a focus on appearance. Even though body positivity tries to go outside of the box and expand the concept and definition of beauty, it's still focused on beauty and on appearance. And this obsession and this preoccupation that our society has with appearance makes it feel like a person's value is tied up in that appearance, at least to some degree. Body positivity doesn't really challenge that underlying message that we are not our appearance, and it might even be contributing to it. In fact, there was one study done where they had women watch a lifestyle television program that was aimed at actually promoting body positivity, but those women ended up having similar increases in anxiety about their body and dissatisfaction with their body as did women who watched a program about fashion models, so once again, it was just it was more the focus on bodies that led women to feel that dissatisfaction with their own body. I would love to just see more messages in media in society that puts the emphasis on people 's characters that teach that our value as human beings is inherent we are valuable because we exist. It has nothing to do with how we look. And our appearance literally plays no role in our worth and our value as human beings. So that's the first concern is that it's still focused on appearance. The second concern is that it puts added pressure on women. A lot of women after hearing body positive messages can start feeling guilty if they don't always love their body and feel positively towards it. Going back to my earlier conversation with my friend, I love that she was trying to change her thoughts about her body rather than just trying to change her body by turning to unsustainable diets or more plastic surgery because that's honestly a never-ending cycle and a huge battle to constantly be trying to get our bodies to fit society's definition of beauty. But I worried when I could sense that she was a little bit frustrated that she couldn't just always think and feel positively about her new body. Women already have constant pressure to look a certain way, and now we're kind of piling on top of that pressure to feel a certain way about their body, no matter what they look like. And that can be really frustrating, especially as your body changes over time due to aging and other things that are out of our control. There's another gal named Heather Widows who also wrote a really great article on Psychology Today. And she said If you already feel bad because you feel you don't make the appearance grade, then being told you shouldn't feel bad and you should be confident can make it worse. You feel ashamed of your body, yourself, and more ashamed because you have the wrong attitude. This is silencing. You have to hide the pain and shame you feel and pretend to be positive. It's bad enough feeling unhappy with some aspect of our bodies without having to lie about feeling bad. It is hard to be resilient in the face of a dominant and powerful beauty ideal. In a visual and virtual culture, our bodies are ourselves. Feeling ashamed of our bodies really is being ashamed of ourselves. If we are feeling shame, telling us we shouldn't feel like we do can make it worse, it can make us more guilty. So I really like that she points out that we're really just encouraging women to kind of try to silence any negative emotions that they might have about themselves or their bodies and telling them that if they just don't feel confidence and love their appearance, then something's wrong with them. And these women end up feeling like they've failed. They've failed body positivity. They've failed to achieve body confidence and that it's all their fault for failing I also like how Susan McQuillan, who I mentioned earlier, how she puts it. She said, of course, body positivity messages that challenge narrow-minded and old-fashioned ideals of beauty and promote the acceptance of diverse physical traits and appearance can boost your mental health and well-being by helping you improve your body image and self-satisfaction, but continuously forcing yourself to try to feel good about yourself When the world at large has groomed you to believe something is wrong with your size, your weight, your natural shape, or your physical traits, can sometimes be as stressful as living with the stereotypes that made you feel different and uncomfortable to begin with. It's actually up to you whether or not you want to accept or feel positive about your body at any given time or under any circumstances. Sure, if you feel motivated and elevated by messages of body positivity, then those words are probably doing good things for you but you don't always have to fake it till you make it. And if you do, keep in mind that it just might backfire and ultimately make you feel worse. Another one of my main concerns that kind of goes along with this is that people think that they have to love how their body looks in order to be kind to it. They have to feel good about their body before they can treat it well. And that's why I try to take them the focus off of how their body looks all together, i just want you to treat it well because you love it for all it allows you to do and you want to feel good no matter what your body looks like. Sometimes i kind of feel like we're barking up the wrong tree with body positivity. We're trying to help women feel better about their body, largely so they can feel accepted and respected by society, but the real issue is that society itself, it's not the women our common culture glorifies some bodies over others, and it teaches us to treat people differently based on their appearance. So instead of putting all this pressure on women to just change how they feel about themselves, we really need to be putting more pressure on media and cultural norms and influencers to stop spreading messages that lead to body objectification and prejudice and stereotyping and judgment and all of the things that make women feel like they have to work on their body image. Now, again, working on your own body image can be a big first step in helping change that tide. The more of us who feel confident in our bodies, no matter what we look like, the easier it's going to be to help change those social norms. But again, that can only get us so far in a world that is still full of weight bias and stigma. All right, on to the third concern that I've got with this movement. And that is that even though body positivity is trying to expand the definition of beauty, it's still underrepresenting many, many people. When we take a close look at the current beauty ideal of our culture, there are several main features that make up that ideal. One of them is being thin, but usually having some curves. It's just those curves have to be in the quote right places. But beauty also usually means having smooth skin You can't have any warts or hair or acne, etc. And also being young and firm. So no wrinkles, no cellulite, no rolls of any kind. These are all main features to the beauty ideal, but body positivity campaigns usually only really challenge one of those features, the body size. So when you look at pictures in body positivity campaigns, other than being plus size, The models are usually still firm and smooth and young. They generally have big breasts and lots of makeup on and no wrinkles. And a lot of times they're in provocative poses. So these campaigns are still promoting and supporting that dominant beauty ideal much more than they maybe think that they do. Rarely are you going to see somebody who's old and fat and hairy and has lots of sunspots on their skin you're mostly going to see white, young, able-bodied women, very few men, very few women of ethnic minorities, very few people who are older. So they're taking a step in the right direction for sure, but it would be nice to see a little bit more inclusivity with expanding the beauty ideal even further. Heather Widows says, There is a risk that while body-positive campaigns often claim to celebrate all bodies, In fact, they only celebrate some. Often they only challenge one feature of the beauty ideal. If they do this, then they are not really challenging the beauty ideal, though they think they are, but further embedding it. So like I said, it would just be wonderful to see the body positivity movement expand their borders even further and challenging some of those other features of the beauty ideal. All right, we've reached the fourth and final concern I have with the body positivity movement and... This isn't actually something that concerns me a whole lot, but I've heard other people be concerned about it, so I wanted to talk about this. And that is that some people might use body positivity as an excuse to not take care of their body. So the idea is that people will think, I already love my body, so I don't need to work on my health. I don't need to take care of myself. I often hear people who aren't as familiar maybe with body positivity or health at every size type teachings come up with this concern, and I really don't think it's as much of a concern as people initially think it is, but to be honest, there might be some validity to it. We do live in a culture where how we feel about how our body looks is very often tied to what we eat and how we move. I actually think that this is one reason why women tend to live longer than men. We women are generally more interested in health because we're generally more concerned about the size of our body. And so we're more likely to adopt healthy behaviors in an effort to lose weight and to control our body size. And that's why this mentality of linking healthy behaviors with body size really does a disservice to men and to people who are naturally in thin bodies Sometimes those people don't feel like they need to have healthy behaviors in their life because they're already content with their body size. However, my experience has been that the more you work on self-love, like true self-love, loving your body despite what size it is, then that naturally leads to wanting to take care of it and wanting to add those healthy behaviors in from a place of love rather than a place of loathing and self-hatred. People also sometimes criticize the movement for what they call glorifying fatness. They think it helps encourage unhealthy behaviors and ignores the risk of having a lot of excess weight, though I do want to point out that those risks are generally much fewer than most people think since it's really the behaviors that lead to excess weight that are the problem that also lead to health risks often tied with having excess weight and not the actual weight itself. But there are some risk factors that come along with just the weight itself. But once again, this is really only a problem if we are of the mentality that the only reason to add healthy behaviors to your life is to shrink your body. (laughs) This is a message straight from diet culture. And this is also why I encourage people to foster a sense of love and gratitude for their body as a vehicle for their spirits. And not necessarily a love of how their body looks, which leads us back to that first concern that we're still focusing so much on appearance. So yes, there might be some validity to these these concerns that people aren't adopting as many healthy behaviors because now they no longer hate how their body looks and, and feel a need to shrink it. I've also, to be honest, seen messages within the health at every size world that Kind of claim that we have zero control over our body size, which I really don't think is true for most of us. I do think that our behaviors do play somewhat of a role in the size of our bodies, just not as much of a role as a lot of people think. But I also think that criticisms like these really fail to acknowledge just how hurtful and harmful things like weight stigma and experiencing shame because of the size of your body can be. So even if some body positivity campaigns feel like they're glorifying fatness, do the benefits of trying to help end weight bias and shame outweigh any potential risks? And I think that they do. Of course, I want people to adopt healthy behaviors in their life, but trying to shame them and to encourage them to hate their body as a way to do that is not helpful or effective and ultimately does not work because it generally doesn't lead to sustainable changes. It leads to crash diets and quick fixes and trying to shrink your body as quickly as possible to get out of that shame. So, once again, I am personally a huge fan of the body positivity movement and all it's done for society over the last few decades in particular. I do think it's done more good than harm. But these concerns are a good example of why I'm a huge fan of shifting from body positivity more to body neutrality. Body neutrality is a movement that focuses more on the body's function and it encourages people to concentrate more on how their body serves them throughout the day rather than how it looks. It emphasizes having more of a neutral feeling towards your body. So you don't feel super positively towards how you look, but you also don't feel really negatively about your appearance either. Then it also acknowledges the fact that some people are just not going to feel good about their body all the time, about how they look. And that's okay too. They don't need to feel pressure to always think positively about their body. Back to the conversation I shared at the beginning of this episode. As I was talking with this sweet friend, I shared that, yes, her body was very beautiful and that it was great that she was expanding her definition of beauty and trying to think more positively towards her body. But I also shared that for me, the real comfort and peace has come with taking a big part of my focus off of my appearance altogether and striving for this body neutrality. So again, taking the main focus off of how my body looks and just praising it and loving it for all that it allows me to do and experience in life and reminding myself over and over that my value as a person has absolutely nothing to do with how my body looks. Now, don't get me wrong. I still wear makeup and I still try to buy what I think are cute albeit usually cheap clothes, and I keep myself well-groomed. I haven't just completely given up on my appearance and feel like it's not important at all, but I shared with this gal that I know I'll never be the size I was when I was in my 20s, and I'm getting more and more wrinkles every year, and I'm just not willing to spend the time and the money and the effort that it takes to fight that aging process, and I have no judgment for people who do decide to spend the time and the money and the effort to fight it. But like I mentioned earlier, it's, it's a never-ending battle. It's a road I just personally choose not to go down. And this isn't because I feel positive about the changes in my body and love everything that's going on with my appearance, but I've learned how to just be more neutral about my appearance and not make it such a source of frustration or shame or just not make it such a big deal as I used to. So just as we wrap up here, once again, I feel like the positives of the body positivity movement far outweigh any potential downsides. And I am all about helping ourselves and others feel beautiful, no matter the size of their bodies. I really do think that every woman wants to feel beautiful. I'm not sure if that's something innate within us or if it's just something we are taught to want, but either way, I know that it matters to most women. However, I still feel like that is really difficult, and it's a moving target. Beauty standards and trends change. We are all going to age. It's inevitable. And I also truly, truly believe, as cliche as this might sound, that real beauty comes from within. When we put our focus more on improving ourselves as a person and serving and loving others and focusing outside of ourselves... I truly believe we become more beautiful, physically more beautiful. As they say, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and that beholder is us sometimes too. We can choose to see the beauty in ourselves and look for and cultivate those things that make us truly beautiful, that inner beauty. I'll just finish up with one more quote from Susan McQuillan, who I quoted a bit earlier. She said to recognize that your identity is better defined by your emotional and mental attributes than your physical appearance. In other words, try not to focus on what you think you need to, quote, fix or change about your physical self. Believe those who tell you they love you for who you are, because they do. If it stresses you out, disregard any message you get that pressures you to love everything about the body you live in when you're not feeling it. So again, take all the wonderful parts of body positivity and if it helps you feel better about your body and be more resilient and have more confidence, then run with that. But if you're struggling still and can't quite seem to get there, then cut yourself some slack. Maybe try on body neutrality instead of body positivity and see if that serves you a little bit more. All right, friend. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad you're here trying to improve your health, trying to improve your body image. If you feel like you know somebody else who could benefit from hearing this message or any of the other podcast episodes I've done, then I would really, really appreciate it if you could share the podcast with a friend or a family member and start getting these messages out to more and more women. I hope you have a fantastic week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.